सहनावतु सहनौ भुनक्तु सहवीर्यंकवाहै तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तुम विदिषावै शांतिशाणमदूर्णमुदच्यते पूर्ण से पूर्णमादा पूर्णमेवशिष्यते ओतिशातिशातिस्मृतिपुराणालुणाल नमा भगवत्द शंकराचार्य केशवंबालायण सूत्रभाष्यकृत वंदे भगवतपुनपुनशरो गुरात्मे मूर्तिद विभागिने व्योमद्याप्तहाय दक्षिणामूर्त नम यस्ंद्रिया मनसाभतेर्जुन कर्मेन्द्रिय कर्मयोगिष्यतेयतंकुर्म कर्मज्याोह्यकर्मण शरीरयात्रापिचते न प्रसिद्धेदकर्मण यकर्मण्यत्र लोकोयंकर्मबंधन तदर्थम कर्म अन्यत्र कर्मण अन्यत्र कर्मण अयम लोक करो बंधन मीनिंग दैट वेन ए पर्सन परफॉर्म्स एन एक्शन इन अ स्पिरिट अदर देन यज्ञ other than self offering then that action becomes binding to this person <coughs> so we discussed yesterday what is meant by binding when an action creates more and more attachment as a consequence when action creates more attachment and aversion then we say that the action has become a binding action <coughs> on the other hand as a consequence if an action brings about a reduction in attachment aversion ragadvesha you would say that the action is freeing action so lord krishna here is teaching how to live our lives so that we progressively become free and the freedom that we require first is the freedom from our own inner pressures of likes and dislikes ragadveshas and for that lord krishna gives here the attitude 
It is the attitude of yajna, of offering. As I said, when we have... So this offering is, something, is, is an attitude or a spirit quite opposed to what normally a person entertains. Usually whenever a person performs an action, the f- immediate response in the mind is, what is in it for me? Meaning that the ego always is seeking satisfaction of itself from whatever it does. This is a normal trend. Unfortunately, when actions are performed for self-gratification, either gratification of senses or gratification of ego, then even if that action is successful, even if it brings about a desirable result, all it does is simply gratify the self. And the thirst for gratification only increases, as I said, like pouring butter in the fire, how the fire becomes more demanding. So also more we satisfy or gratify the self, more demanding it becomes. <clears throat> In that sense, actions performed with the intention of self-gratification are said to be binding actions because the consci- even though I feel a sense of gratification, in fact, since my need for gratification rises, I become more and more dependent. See, it's one thing to depend upon something else for your happiness. So when you are dependent upon anything else for your happiness, it may be objects, situations, people, whatever, then number one is unpredictability, whether or not you will attain what you are seeking, that's one question. Secondly, whether or not that object or situation or person will give you happiness, that is also unpredictable. So the unpredictability, there is stress. At the same time, more often than not, disappointment. Therefore, the life of a human being who is seeking happiness from sources outside of himself involves uncertainties, unpredictabilities, stresses and disappointments. Unfortunately, one does not learn from these experiences does not realize that maybe what the equation itself is wrong. The equation that a given object or something will give me happiness, maybe that is where the mistake is. That mistake is never corrected. That, that, that perception or that notion remains intact in spite of any amount of disappointment. Even though I get disappointed in my efforts, I continue to effort, you know, I look at other sources which I think are the source of happiness. And thus, this is a perpetual action-reaction chain which not only brings stresses and disappointments in this life, but also perpetuates the cycle of birth and death. In that sense, that whole process, that a normal human being out of ignorance adopts of seeking fulfillment out of sources other than oneself is fraught with unhappiness. So this very attitude, with that attitude of looking out or chasing for happiness outside of me, I become a problem to myself, meaning I create sorrow for myself. So Lord Krishna says, reverse that. So rather than begging for happiness, you start giving happiness. 
same action can be performed either for demanding happiness or for giving happiness. See, when you are, you are giving, one thing about giving is there is no competition. See, when you are seeking, when you want, the other people also want the same thing, there is only competition and there is going to be stress and conflict. Because there are fewer things, there are more people demanding that. On the other hand, if your attitude is to, re- to give happiness, through the same, very same action, you wish to, to make someone else happy. And this is a very effective or, or very creative thing, very effective thing. Because there is a great happiness involved in the process of giving happiness. We discussed that with children. So this question arose with children also, you know, and we could make them say, How do you feel if you had food with you and there was another f- person who was hungry and you did not share with him and you ate up? How would you feel? Terrible, he says, you know. Even little child says. How would you feel if you shared with him? Oh, I feel great. So a few examples one could see how you feel good about yourself. This is very conducive of self-esteem and self-respect. This whole attitude of being helpful, of reaching out, of offering something, of being a contributor is conducive to a great self-respect. I feel good about myself whenever I perform a small act of kindness. I feel good about myself because I know that I have done something which is right. If I was hungry, this is what I would have expected from the other person. If I fail to do what I expect, then certainly there is a conflict and I don't have respect for myself. On the other hand, this offering is the whole... Puja Swamiji talks about the order. This is the order. Yajna is the order in the universe. But a cosmic yajna, the cosmic uh, offering is going on. But every element, as we, yesterday we gave the example of our body, how all limbs and organs of the body function for the self, not for themselves. How the eyes see, not for themselves, but for the sake of self. So many eyes offer themselves, bring the gifts for the self. So the ears, so all the organs of perception, all the organs of action also when they perform action, when the organ of speech is talking, again it is not for itself, for the sake of self. So this constant yajna is going in our own body, same thing is going in the whole universe also. Where every element is making an offering to the whole. So sun shines not for itself, for others. Rivers bring water not for themselves, for others. Trees bear fruits not for themselves, for others. Cows give milk not for themselves, for others. This is every element of nature. Does what it does not for itself, for the sake of others. This is called paropakara. Paropakara means helping others, serving others. This is the attitude that is there throughout the universe, meaning that this is the order in the universe. <clears throat> and the living beings, other than human beings, automatically follow that order because they are already programmed to follow that order. So whether plants, trees, animals, insects, whatever they are, 
they they are consumers they are consumers also only human being has been given a free will which is subject to being abused if we properly use our free will we bless ourselves if we abuse the free will we hurt ourselves so it is for me whether to help myself or hurt myself so this attitude of being a contributor being an offerer is the attitude which is in keeping with the order that obtains in the universe and then i am in harmony then i am in harmony with my own self also because the order is nothing but myself ultimately what we call the order is nothing but myself so that is why when we follow dharma which is the order of the universe we automatically follow our own nature because that is the nature of the self and thus this the whole attitude of offering brings about an inner harmony at the same time i have to be very deliberate because if i am not deliberate then the natural tendency on my on the part of my mind is always to seek benefit from others always to work for what is in it for me this is a selfish attitude which is natural attitude you can't blame anybody for that because it is natural is born of ignorance ignorance brings about a lot of insecurities within ourselves it is insecurity that make me a self-centered person what will happen to me i am i am for myself i must always defend myself this is what i think i need to do but in so doing we are perpetuating ignorance this insecurity and self-centeredness are products of ignorance and by validating my insecurity validating my self-centeredness justifying that and living a life based on that i am perpetuating them meaning i am perpetuating ignorance and bondage so lord krishna here teaches how we should reverse that whole process so even the mind says what in it for me right away we replace it by pratipaksha bhavana so what's the normal bhavana to grab what's the pratipaksha bhavana to give so instead of being a grabber i try to become a giver that is called the spirit of yajna spirit of offering self offering <clears throat> so thus this tadartham karma kaundeya he kaun he arjuna perform your actions live your life with the spirit of yajna self offering <clears throat> and then so what are we doing you know we are in fact by by deliberately adopting this attitude of offering we are respecting ourselves because that is the nature of the self call it ishvara ishvara is performing a cosmic yajna but the self ishvara is my own self therefore when i join that cosmic yajna then i am in harmony with my own self that is called respecting myself a life of self respect which is conducive you to for self esteem self respect and being happy with myself and it is our experience also that when we perform even a small act of kindness we feel happy with ourselves even though that may involve some perhaps discomfort on my part 
some strain on my part to go out of way and, and help somebody. But as a result, I feel good about myself. I feel proud of myself. That's the right way of ego gratification. If you want ego satisfaction, that's the right way. Not by grabbing. But the kind of satisfaction you get by giving is a sattvic satisfaction. Ultimately, we will grow out of that also. But this is much better than satisfaction you get by grabbing. Because you will always remain a grabber. Therefore, live a life of spirit of yajna. Self-offering. Perform actions other-centered rather than self-centered. <clears throat> Mukta Sangha. And in so doing, remain detached. Don't think, don't be proud of yourself. Don't think that you are obliging the world by being, an, by being a contributor. Don't think so. You are simply returning the favor which you already are receiving from them. That's called Mukta Sangha. Remain detached. Even remain detached from what you are doing. Realize that you are just an instrument. That you are very fortunate that you have a certain opportunity to do something. And that Ishwara has gifted you with the ability to do what you are required to do. So it's a privilege. You are privileged to do something. This in a, with humility. Perform your actions. Not with pride. <coughs> now the next few verses, Lord Krishna is telling us the Katha. I mean like the Puranas, you know. Explaining this idea of Yajna. So, here the word Yajna is used. What is meant by Yajna is explained in the following few verses. Let us read the verse number 10. Sahayajna Prajasrishtva Purovacha Prajapatihi Anena prasavishyadvam Eshavos twishta kamadhuka Lord Krishna is relating this incident to Arjuna. Pura. Pura means in the beginning of creation. Prajapatihi, the creator, Vacha said this. In the beginning of creation, the creator Prajapati of Brahma said this. When did he say that? Sahayajnaha Prajaha Srishtva. Prajaha Srishtva, Prajaha means having created the human beings. So I guess Prajapati must have created everything else. And human being must be the last one. When Prajapati created the rest of the creatures, no instruction was necessary. As you said, because they do not have the free will, and therefore they are already programmed, and so what they do is automatically in keeping with the order, in harmony with the order. Therefore, buffaloes and cows do not require any lectures on Bhagavad Gita. There are no, no instruction on dharma. You don't find buffaloes assembling in one place and one buffalo giving lecture to others. This kind of, not necessary. They don't even have to go to schools. Because 
for whatever little they have to do in this life, they are equipped for that. As though instinctively they have the right education of how to conduct themselves. So a cow doesn't have any conflict. Peace, a place before a cow, some grass and maybe some meat, cow will have no conflict. As to what to eat, we go for grass. The owner of the cow can have conflict. Whether he is grass, we not to eat that thing because he has a choice. So choices of other things are already programmed. But human being is given a free will and this free will represents the evolution. Human being is the most evolved creature in this universe and this is a great privilege to have freedom of choice. Kartum shakyam, akartum shakyam, anyathava kartum shakyam Whether to do something, not to do something and when I decide to do, how to do it, I have to choose. That choice I have. That being the case, when choice, when freedom is there, it is necessary that the freedom must be always used with responsibility. If freedom without responsibility becomes license, freedom with responsibility becomes a blessing. Therefore, human being has to be taught responsibility because freedom has been given. That's the reason why when the human beings were created, at that time, Prajapati gave them this instruction. And what did Prajapati also create? Sahayagnya prajaha srishtva. When Prajapati, the creator, created the human beings, he also created yagna. Actually, Sahayagnya should have been all read grammatically, but here that hakara has not been dropped, so Sahayagnya. Yajnena saha vartante iti Sah should have been enough, but sahayajna. All kinds of sutras are there, but whatever. So, in short, when Prajapati created human beings, he also created yajna. Now understand what is yajna here? As we discussed, yajna means the spirit of offering. That also was created. Yajna can also mean the conventional yajnas which are prescribed in the Vedas. But a broader meaning is yajna means any action performed with the spirit of offering, self-offering. So Prajapati had to create this also while creating human beings because human being has a choice of not living a life of yajna. Human being has a choice of living a life of being a grabber. Therefore he is to be told, you become a giver. He has to be told. Why is there a natural tendency to grab? As I said, because of insecurity. I feel that I am insecure as I am, I'll become secure if I acquire such this, this and various things. That's why the wealth, name, fame, recognition, power, all of these are nothing but part of security. I feel secure. That I will be alright in future, my children will be alright, seven generations will be alright, enough provision has been made. So this, this greed, all of these is all part of ignorance, in a sense of inadequacy and insecurity. <clears throat> but I do not know that the notion or perception I have about myself is the wrong perception. I do not know that. I take myself to be an inadequate being, that that's a wrong perception. I never know that. 
And therefore, my whole life is based on this perception that I am inadequate. How to become adequate? Since I am inadequate, it looks as though the world can provide me adequacy or happiness and that is how the objects and things of the world become so important to me, so valuable to me. They are valuable because I need them in my life to live my day-to-day life. Nobody says that we do not require money and etc. We certainly require. In fact, more you have, better you are in terms of more empowered you are. These things empower you. Because even in order for you to offer something, you must have the resources available. Otherwise, what are you going to offer? And therefore, certainly, to acquire wealth, name, fame, recognition is a wonderful thing. Provided the means and not the ends. My life is not meant for them. They are meant for something else. They are meant for me. I am not meant for them. Meaning, I cannot sacrifice myself for the sake of them. I acquire them by fair means and then use them. For what? For being an offerer, for contribution, for offering. So wealth which is there for dhanam or charity is an ornament. Otherwise it is there just for accumulation and not sharing etc. Then it becomes a burden. This is what the Subhashitas say. So since human ignorance is everywhere, whoever is born is ignorant. It is not that buffaloes are, in, are enlightened, therefore Swamis are living in harmony with the order. No, they are not. But in fact, they are less evolved. The, the reason why human being is more evolved because he is self-conscious. I am conscious of myself and they are conscious of my limitation, conscious of my inadequacy. Buffalo also is inadequate, doesn't know. So it is ignorance is bliss and so there is total self-comfort. A buffalo is comfortable being a buffalo. That's a great gift in a way. Buffalo does not feel jealous of a cow. Doesn't feel. Even though in India cows are worshipped, buffaloes are not worshipped. Buffaloes give much more milk than cows do. And still, cows are worshipped, not buffalo. Buffalo doesn't feel anything. Even cow doesn't feel anything. Even if you worship, cow doesn't feel anything. Doesn't feel it is respected. So, in fact, worshipping cow is always a big project for us. The, uh, along with the cow also, you must have that cowherd man who has to control the cow. You try to put a telak on the forehead of the cow, right away it reacts. Poor thing doesn't know that this person is trying to, re- is respecting me. He doesn't know. She thinks that I am attacking her. You try to offer a garland, she doesn't want that garland. Like little children, they don't want. They think that this is a stranger and you know, they are attacking me. So it is difficult to deal with the cows. Because cow doesn't... Cow doesn't feel that I am being honored. Doesn't have a sense of honor or dishonor. Doesn't feel it's dishonored also. So when you worship the cow, cow doesn't feel honored. And buffalo doesn't feel dishonored also. In that sense, there are no complexes. And therefore, they are, in, they are happy. In that sense. But there is a great sense of honor and dishonor in me. Honor is important to me. Dishonor I cannot tolerate. So this is what makes me, so this self-conscious creates this complexes, sense of constantly suffering of sense of inadequacy, insecurity, and that's why this greed, this spirit of grabbing, all of this is there in me. <clears throat> that's why Prajapati needed to tell the human beings. So look, human beings, I have created yajna, I have created also the spirit of sacrifice. 
Spirit of offering I also created for you. Second line says, Anena prasavishyadvam. By this, may you all prasavishyadvam. Prasuyadvam. Prasavaha. Prasava means actually birth. But prasava means vruddhi, growth. And therefore, abhivruddhim. So, labhadvam. With the help, with, with my, with this yajna, the spirit of yajna, we all grow, we all prosper. So, Bhagavad Gita's prescription of prosperity. What is prescription? Yajna. Later on in this chapter itself, Lord Krishna will say, if a, if a society as such, suppose live the spirit of yajna, if a group of people, they live the spirit of offering, can you imagine what a wonderful atmosphere would there be? Even in the family, forget about the world. This teaching we can start with our family. At least start with husband and wife, if nothing else. Because those who are married have an excellent, uh, you know, uh, feel for experiment and verify these principles. But both of them should do, not one of them. If both the spouses follow the spirit of offering, as Swamiji says, what's the duty of husband? To make the wife happy. What's the duty of wife? To make the husband happy. When can you make somebody happy? When you do what they like. And don't do what they don't like. When you satisfy somebody's ragad veshas, they're happy. That's, you know. So the husband should try to satisfy ragad veshas of the wife. And wife should say, try to satisfy Raghav Vishavasman. But in order for me to satisfy somebody's Raghav Vesha, I have to give up my Raghav Vesha because if I hold on to them, I can't satisfy somebody else. So both will be required to give up Raghav Vesha. Understand this. Beautiful process. Anena prasavishyadvam. May you prosper. The prosperity is nothing but this disposition of mind, the happy disposition of mind. So right away it brings what we call spiritual prosperity. In the wake of that, it also brings material prosperity. So material prosperity is byproduct of spiritual prosperity. If a community or a society lives a life of yajna, where everybody becomes, that is how the whole Varanashram Vyavastha was, the whole caste system was based on duty, as we explained earlier, where every member of the society contributed his or her share. No competition. Then women did not feel that we are inferior to man. They don't have to feel, unless you, you know. And one doesn't have to do the same thing that somebody else does to feel equal. You don't have to. I am equal only if I do what he does. But nobody can do what somebody else does anyway. Everybody is designed differently. Even one man cannot do what other man does because everybody has their own unique capabilities. How do you expect a woman to do what a man does and vice versa? A woman can do but a man cannot do what a woman does anyway. A woman is a mother. Nobody else can become mother. That's how Ishwar has created this world. So respect for everybody. I would enjoy the same respectable status. <coughs> so this is the spirit of yajna. 
As I said, it starts even in the family, even with the, between two people. And then extends to the family with children. If four people living under a shelter and under a roof, if there is a spirit of this yajna, each one is an offerer. Each one wants to contribute. Like an ashram also, Gurukulam, any setup would be a heaven, would be Brahma Loka. You don't require anything really to be happy. For being comfortable, you may require things, but for being happy, you don't need anything. For being wealthy, you require wealth. For being powerful, you require power. For being famous, you require fame. But for being happy, what do you require? You require just yourself. So also for being unhappy, also you require only yourself. So, I'm the problem, I'm the solution. For being happy, all we require is this spirit of offering. But Swamiji, it's all one-way street, they're exploiting me. This is always a complaint, I understand that, because it has to be two-way street. One person cannot keep on offering, other person takes advantage all the time. Then you feel hurt. Because even though we say we are offering, we are not totally offering. There is always an expectation. Why do you get hurt? Because your expectation is not fulfilled. If the offering was a genuine offering, then offering itself gives you joy. Then it doesn't matter what the reward is. That's what Lord Krishna is teaching in Bhagavad Gita. Let you enjoy the process. Enjoy what you are doing. Then what the outcome is will not remain important to you. Do not postpone your happiness for the outcome because outcome is in future and outcome is uncertain. So if your happiness or satisfaction depends upon outcome, number one, it will come later on and number two, it is uncertain because you don't know whether you get the outcome that you want. On the other hand, if your happiness comes from doing, from karma, from the process, it's right here and under your control. Outcome you don't control, action you control. So if action itself becomes a source of happiness, when will it be? When it is performed with the attitude of offering, then becomes a source of happiness, but definitely. Then, when doing itself makes you happy, then the outcome does not matter, then there are no disappointments, there is no competition, there is no sense of being exploited also. I feel exploited when my expectations are not met with. That means that when I was doing action, there were expectations in me and they are not fulfilled. Therefore, I am disappointed. But if you do, that is called mukta sangha, without attachment, without expectation of any reward. Let karma itself become a reward for you. This is teaching of Bhagavad Gita. That's called karma yoga. Perform, do what you do for the love of doing that. Enjoy what you are doing. Swami, how can I enjoy cooking every day? How can I enjoy this household? This is all chores. I can't enjoy this. Same drudgery, same thing, day in and day out. It's all monotonous. How can I enjoy? Everything becomes monotonous. Even puja becomes monotonous, you know, after a while. Every day, same thing with japa, everything. If you do same thing every day, what is, where are you going to get variety? So, the action, if you, that we have to learn how to enjoy what you are doing. I guess some creativity will have to be used in that. 
वट वे डू मेक इट एंजॉयबल यू परफॉर्म द पूजा मेक इट एंजॉयबल अरेंज द फ्लावर्स यू नाउ द प्रीस आर डूइंग दैट एंड सी हाउ ब्यूटिफुल इट लुक्स मेक मालास मेक सम गार्मेंट्स कुक न्यू फूड डू डिफरेंट दैन चैन डिफरेंट स्त्रोत्रास एंड दस मेक ब्रिंग सम वराइटी एंड मेक इट एंजॉयबल the if we act can we become can become enjoyable we can bring in our own variety bring in your own creativity <clears throat> you must have heard swami ji giving that example of a traffic policeman in delhi what a traffic policeman does is this that's all whole day he does that's all he does you know stops here and lets these fellows go etc whole day very monotonous job but this fellow had some different idea while stenny was dancing you know he's in fact so while do that and turn into a dance so he whole day was dancing enjoying it unfortunately it to be transferred in that place because because he's dancing fellow stopped that the traffic stopped they weren't they were watching him you know <laughs> so it to be removed from that that's but the point is even such a monotonous job also can be made enjoyable that's idea here is up to us then a work becomes monotonous because our eyes are always on what this is going to bring for me that's all the reason why it becomes monotonous because there is no appreciation every day you cook why there is no no reward every day you do all this chores no reward because it my incentive comes only from reward that is why i am not interested in what i am doing so the karma does not become interesting because my eyes are always on the reward shift the focus instead of reward let this karma itself become your reward remember i am it's how privileged i am that i am doing this what a privilege that i have an opportunity to make an offering of whatever ishwar has given me and thus yat karosi yadasnasi yajjohosi dadasyat in ninth chapter lord krishna whatever you do make it offer offer it to me so this is how prosperity comes what what prosperity we want basically we want prosperity in terms of happiness of mind what are the prosperity do we really want even in the prosperity which is conventionally called prosperity what's the purpose of that is to be happy is it not so so this very spirit of mutual help becoming helpful in every situation ask you a question how can i be helpful this is what we tell our youngsters have this value you go to university study acquire qualifications you know do that and you must do that for what purpose not for being a grabber but how can i be helpful to the society how can i become a contributor because that very spirit gives joy is it not so whenever you are doing something for somebody how many gifts swami ji is receiving how many gifts this every swami receives and you can see what people think they ask me swami ji what do you want i say i don't want anything but they find out what the swami ji needs or what he can use put it this way and so some asana is made in certain way and some, some different kind little, little things they bring which are very useful 
and which shows their affection, their love and their dedication. Imagine that Ishwara is the recipient of what you are doing and then please by every action. How can I perform an action so that Ishwara is pleased? Oh, what is Ishwara? All those are the beneficiaries of my action. Wherever you are, Swamiji, I am just a clerk in an accounting. Why is a beneficiary? Hey, you are working in an organization. You are a part of the organization. You are dead. That is your Ishwara. We need not go too far for Ishwara. I mean, the setup where I am working, I am dedicated to that. And so, yours, wherever you are, whether it is a factory, whether it is a business, is doing something for the society after all, isn't it? That's why it can't survive. So, you are also doing something for the society by that way. This story you must have heard of a big temple being built from stones and there are these uh, laborers working on the stones, cutting the stones and doing various things. So once the architecture was taking rounds, you know, inspecting what's going on, yeah, then workers were working. He asked one of the workers, what are you doing? I'm just making a living, he says. What are you doing? Making a living. Where to the person? What are you doing? Breaking stones. Ask her, what are you doing? Building the temple. So this third person thinks that he's building the temple. Whatever he is doing actually ultimately contributes to building a temple. This is true. So whether you look upon your job as a drudgery and just making a living and how to finish it off or just cutting the stone which is a menial task for which you are not proud at all or to think that you are building the temple. Then there is, what a pride there is, self-respect. Thus, in every little thing that you do, understand, you are contributing to the whole universe. Prajapati <clears throat> say to the human beings, may you prosper by this. May the spirit of offering, may it become ishtakamadhuk. Ishta means desire. Kama means here kamya, desire, object. Kama means here the kamya, means objects. Ishta kama means desired objects. Duk means dogdi, one who milks. You heard the uh, wish-fulfilling cow? That sage Vasishta uh, had? Yeah, wish-fulfilling cow. Kama dhenu. That's what ishta kama duk means kama. Kama duk means kama dhenu. Ishtakamaduk means the cow that fulfills all your wishes. May the yajna become a wish-fulfilling cow for you. Meaning you, you get whatever you want from that. This is what uh, Prajapati says. The spirit of yajna. Imagine as I said, even in a family also, what a wonderful atmosphere. In any setup like an ashram, in a society, if people are living with the spirit of offering this duty, everybody can makes his, his or her contribution. There is in no, it's a non-competitive society. When there is offering, there is no competition. When there is grabbing, there is competition. Moment the competition came in India, the whole caste system was destroyed. As long as there was spirit of cooperation, so long it functioned very well. Moment the competition came, moment people started becoming grabbers, 
then it got destroyed. Because that system was not designed for that purpose. <coughs> no system works anyway. The capitalist thing that it is working, I don't think it is working. Now they are discovering it. Because anything that is based on greed, how can it work? In a competitive society, what they are doing by com- competition is, they are only stroking your greed, that's all. For you to do better than somebody else, you must, you know, how, what will drive you? The incentive, the reward will drive you. And so more and more rewards you want, so your greed only is invoked. The whole system of capital system based on competition invokes greed. And where greed is, exploitation will be there, violence is going to be there. Now we can see it very openly. <clears throat> so far it is not clear to people, it is all hidden. Now it has come out in open. Really, system must be ideally based on, if the universe was based on competition, it would not have survived at all. In the universe, there is a spirit of cooperation. As in a body in the whole universe, there is no competition between sun and moon. Sun does not compete with moon. Where would the moon, poor moon would be if the sun competed with that moon or no place at all? And the sun refused to give its chair of power and said, I will not retire, you know, because there is a term, everybody has a term, sun also has a term as to how long it should shine, and I will not retire. Then moon has no scope of shining at all. But the sun retires when time comes, giving place to the moon. Moon also goes away when the time comes, giving place to the stars. Stars also disappear, giving place to the lightning. Then that is how everything is its own place. That also may go away, giving place to a little lamp. So in the universe, there is a spirit of cooperation. Even though this survival of the fittest, at some point it may be, but overall as you see, spirit of cooperation. That's why the harmony, otherwise the stars will be fighting with each other, you know, because everybody is trying to grab something. He is giving something. Anena prasavishyadvam eshavo O human beings, you prosper by the spirit of yajna. May it become your wish-fulfilling cow. What is meant by yajna is explained in the next verse. Devan bhavayata nena Te deva bhavayantuvaha Parasparam bhavayantaha Shreya Anena yajnena devan bhavayata O human beings, by this yajna or the spirit of offering, you propitiate the devatas. This is a standard definition of yajna. You say, explained yesterday, what is yajna means? Is, is traditionally yajna means a sacrificial ritual where you kindle the fire in the altar, invoke the devatas and make offering in the fire. So there is offering to devatas and thus by making offering you are propitiating devatas. You are, you are satisfying devatas. You are giving them what they need. Human being is the center of the whole world. He sustains the whole universe. That's what Upanishad says. 
This Deva, by the way, is just an Upalakshana. For Bhrodhanika Upanishad says that when this human being makes an offering in Yajna and then he is satisfying all the Devatas, Devatas feel very happy because they get their food, they get their nourishment. When the human being learns and recites the Vedas and teaches Vedas, then all the sages become very satisfied because what they have done is they find fulfillment. When this person serves his parents or elders, he also makes offering to the ancestors. Then all the ancestors are satisfied because in their, they are receiving their nourishment from the offerings of this person. <clears throat> then when this human being offers shelter to the needy or food to the needy, thus it was a duty of a householder in the olden days to offer food and shelter to the needy. Says uh, this must be a vow that whenever somebody comes seeking shelter, he should not be turned away. When somebody comes seeking food, should not be turned away. So Upanishad says that a householder should have plenty of food in the stock, plenty of grains, so that whatever is necessary he can cook. And ideally when a householder cooks, he cooks, he says, I'm cooking for this abhyagada, for the guests. So thus, when a householder offers food and shelter to the needy, he is sustaining the human society. <clears throat> and when he gives grass to the cow, he gives the grain to the birds, and also to little insects, he is sustaining the rest of the living beings. See how human being is said to sustain the whole world? The world consists of five kinds of living beings. The devatas living in heaven, the pitrus or ancestors living in the world of mains, pitruloka, the human beings living here, the other animals and plants and trees and insects. So this constitute the entire living population of the universe. So this living population is divided into five groups, devatas, Pitrus, Rushis, other human beings and other living beings. So ideally, a human being had the place for all these fellows in his life. That is why they prescribe five kinds of yajnas. Deva yajna, Brahma yajna, Pitru yajna, Nuru yajna, Bhuta yajna. They are all well known things. Deva Yajna, meaning worshipping Devatas every day, making offering to Devatas. Then, Brahma Yajna. Brahma means Veda. Reciting Vedas every day and teaching, if, if the occasion comes, that's how you satisfy the Rishis. Nuru Yajna, I said, offering the food and shelter to the needy, that's how you satisfy the other human beings. Pitru Yajna, making offering, Shraddha, Suttarpanam, which involves offering of the water, offering of the pinda, that's how you satisfy the Pitrus or the departed souls. And Bhuta Yajna, Yajna means offering to Bhuta, other living beings, such as animals, such as trees, plants, insects, offering to them. 
That is how Brahmadharani Gopanisha says that when this human being performs the fivefold yajnas, he is sustaining the whole universe. And that's why universe loves him. He is like the body of all these other living beings. Because how the body actually protects me and sustains me, so also, and I love my body, so also the human being who makes offerings is loved by all the other creatures. Thus that, is, that is what the sammand of upakarya upakaraka. Giver and given. They gave him, he also gives them back. That's how the relationship upakarya upakaraka. Helper being helped. <coughs> Devan Bhavaita, therefore, O human beings, by adopting this spirit of yajna in your life, you propitiate devatas, that should include rest of them also, pitrus, sages, other human beings, other creatures. Te Devaha, Bhavayantuha, Medus Devatas, and all others also propitiate you. So you nourish them, they nourish you, you propitiate them, they propitiate you. Parasparam Bhavayantaha, thus propitiate, mutual propitiating each other. You propitiate the other living beings, they propitiate you. Shreya param avapsyatha. May attain param shreya. Avapsyatha attain. Param shreya, the highest good. O human beings, may attain the highest good in your life. May attain moksha. What's highest? Param shreya, moksha. May this yajna become a means of attaining moksha. By antahagana shuddhi and by knowledge, may the yajna become the means of attaining moksha. So thus Bhagavad Gita's prescription of prosperity in our life is yajna, the spirit of yajna. Okay, we'll continue in the next class. <clears throat> Om Purnamadav Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashashyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashyakrutau Vande Bhagavantau Punapunaha Ishvaro Gururatmedi Murti Bheda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadvyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Guru Pyo Namaha Hari Om